Denizens of the night, welcome to another episode of the macabre, the terrifying. Broadcasting live from Lab 666, I will be your guide through the witching hours. Tonight, we'll meet a young man who really should have read the fine print on the contract he signed. It may very well take your breath away. This story is called No Oxygen in Room When Light is On, written by Reddit user Happy Cats for a Sad Girl. I was woken by a harsh buzz that cut into my sleeping mind like glass. Instant adrenaline sent me spinning out of bed, disoriented and panicked, looking wildly around my cell as my brain tried to wake up. The hated voice crackled to life over the intercom. Test number six begins. Subject is to stack blocks according to perceived friendliness. Oxygen percentage shall drop by 1% per minute until task is complete. Time starts now. I worked to calm my heartbeat as a hatch in the middle door opened and a dozen or so colorful wooden blocks fell through. At the same moment, the humming from the air vent changed, and a light blinked to life above a sign affixed to the cinder block wall. There were a lot of signs and lights, and none of them were good. The one now alight read, Caution, Asphyxiation Hazard. Doing my best to control my breathing, I knelt down and set to work. As far as I could tell, this was my second month of captivity. In all honesty, I don't know if it counts as kidnapping if you agree to be taken. The lady in charge of this place made me sign a lot of things when I first arrived for the experiments. Waivers and permission slips, medical forms and instructions to next of kin. I'd been sleeping under a bridge when I'd been approached, hungry and half-drunk, and enticed by the shelter and money the woman had promised. Simple experiments, she'd said. Psychological tests for people down on their luck. Money, too. Lots of money. I was already agreeing before she'd gotten to how voluntary and safe the tests would be. I like to think I wasn't stupid. Naive, maybe, but not stupid. The blocks in front of me were rounded rectangles, bright primary colors with faces crudely painted on them in a variety of expressions. Thoughtlessly, I began placing them down, doing my best to balance them on top of each other as I tried to ignore the air in the room getting more toxic by the second. They were made from a slick plastic that had no grip and were cut at angles that caused them to roll off each other. I gritted my teeth in frustration. Subject is not considering the friendliness of the blocks, came the loud and grating voice. Oxygen penalty of 1% administered. A hiss came from the air vent, and I began again. They'd taken me in a van, but I was still drying out from the night before and was too carsick to be suspicious. Eventually, we stopped in an underground car park 
and I was led through some corridors to a waiting room. After some water and a brief vomit, the same lady came back with two men in tow. She was slim, severe, though with an air of friendliness that disarmed me. I found myself looking at her blonde bun as she sat down next to me, but then she drew my attention to the papers she'd set down, and we began the formalities. Gender, male. Age, 22. Sexuality, gay. Father, estranged. Mother, estranged. I filled out the paperwork numbly, thinking mostly of the bed they'd promised me, as well as the $20,000 compensation written on the front page. A pressure was beginning in the back of my skull now, a painful reminder of my situation that matched the one in my lungs. I ignored them both and focused on the shapes in front of me, doing my best to organize the faces into some kind of scale of friendliness. With shaking hands, I placed the frowning ones down, placing the yellow on top of the blue and making sure they were as steady as possible. Another light flicked on overhead, but I ignored that as well. This was my sixth task now. I knew that the warning wouldn't be telling me anything that my burning chest wasn't. After the paperwork, they'd escorted me to my room. The lady I thought of as blonde had said goodbye in the lobby and taken the stack of forms to somewhere else, never once telling me her name. Now the two men, Ginger and Stocky, were walking me through windowless halls with barely a word. Finally, we reached a heavy metal door which Stocky opened with a set of keys. Bit much, isn't it? And is there food at all? My questions fell on deaf ears as Ginger marched me firmly inside before turning and pulling the door shut. Alone, I looked around my new home. Finally, staring at a six-by-eight-foot cell, panic set in, and I turned and began hammering on the door, screaming for anyone to come and let me out, that I'd made a mistake and wanted to leave. After some minutes, the speaker above me cracked to life with an ear-splitting buzz, and Blonde's voice snapped around my cell. "'Testing shall begin according to the written agreement,' she said. All trace of the former friendliness, gone. The subject shall draw an animal of his choice on the paper provided and submit it through the slot in the door. The test shall conclude when the drawing is satisfactory. The temperature of the room shall be reduced by one degree every ten minutes the test is ongoing. Test one begins now. A pad of paper and some pencils had fallen through the slot in the door as she finished but I barely noticed. I began banging on the door again, yelling, pulling the blanket and pillow off my cot and throwing them about my room. I was shivering by the time I calmed down, the room noticeably cold. A light had flicked on over one of the signs posted near the ceiling of my cell. Low temperature, protective clothing advised. My breath was visible by the time I finished my first drawing and I could barely hold the pencil when I pushed one through the door that seemed to satisfy them. I still don't know why my barely legible cat was what did it, 
but warmth instantly began flooding the room, and I collapsed backwards to shiver on the floor. I soon learned that there was no negotiation, no quarter with these people. I either obeyed or I suffered. I was choking. The fetid air that I dragged into my lungs felt like fire. Fighting down the urge to cough, I placed the penultimate block on my precarious stack, praying to a god I didn't believe in that it wouldn't fall. Another sign was glowing above me. No oxygen in room when light is on. I knew it couldn't be literally true, but the blackness creeping at the edge of my vision told me that it was close. There were many signs around my room, each telling some danger of electricity or temperature or chemical, and nearly all had been alight at some point during my stay with these sick fucks. The tower was done, the green block grinning up at me from the top of the stack. I collapsed back, bile rising in my throat as my thoughts grew hazy. A loud clunk came from the vent, and the speaker squawked to life as I slipped into unconsciousness, the words slipping off my darkening mind. Then there was movement around me, a prick of pain in my right arm, and a much heavier darkness descended. I awoke back under my bridge, almost as if I'd never left. A new backpack was clipped to my body, which I examined slowly as I got my bearings. My heart almost stopped as I saw bundles of fifty-dollar notes piled in the bottom. A card was attached, thanking me for my participation and letting me know that a bed had been assigned to me at a nearby shelter for six months, all prepaid. My mind whirled as I read, relief flooding through me, until I read the final sentence. As per the written agreement, we shall be in touch for phase two of testing in due course. No action is required from you at this time. Please rest and prepare. You shall be relocated when preparations are complete. Dr. Grieve, Head of Testing at Rosewood Facility. If I were this young man... I think I would use the money to get as far away as I could, as quickly as I could. The only problem is that contracts like that have a way of catching up to you in the end. And there doesn't seem to be much breathing room for negotiations, does there? If you enjoyed this story, please check out the author's other work in the links below. Don't forget to like this video and hit the subscribe button. And remember, don't fall asleep.